Today on Writers Get Animated, we're talking The Addams Family. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, uh, and franchises that refuse to die. And I feel like that's really fitting for Adam's family. <laughs> I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. So today, a beloved franchise, beloved by so many different generations for so many different reasons, uh, has yet another new iteration. Um, and asking around, you might find a lot of people who haven't been interested in seeing it, but that hasn't stopped them from greenlighting a sequel. 2021, baby. <laughs> Take that, society. <laughs> anyway, yes, <laughs> The Adams Family. So if you haven't heard, I don't know how you haven't heard about The Adams Family new animated film that was released looking at my watch just a few weeks ago in the month of October. So fitting, so wonderful. Um, it's good to have them back in our lives. Yeah, it's been a while. 20 years? Yeah. Um, I think I'm trying to look at the, uh, the timeline, but yeah, it's been about 20 years since the Adams Family has been around on our screens. So... For those of you who aren't sure of how long the Adams Family have been a thing, <laughs> thing, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. Um, the Adams Family have been around since 1938. 1938 were, was the first uh, New Yorker cartoons, and these were just one one panel comics just showing this very strange family doing often the opposite of what you would expect. And usually that's pretty much what they're based on. Their reaction to something is the opposite reaction that a quote normal person would have to that same situation. Mm, so it's like a Marmaduke, but with heart. Yeah. And I think that's also one of the weird things about it. Um, one thing, the relationships also go against stereotype. So especially in the 1990s, the relationship of Gomez and Morticia, the, the patriarch and matriarch of the family, the husband and wife, they are very much in love with each other and affectionate with each other which is just so different than all the other married people who are in these loveless, stereotypical marriages. If you put them against any other sitcom, especially now, you know, it's there, here's this husband and wife and they don't get along. And that's the, that's the thing. But then you have Gomez and Morticia who are amazingly in love and just can't keep their hands off of each other. Mm-hmm. They always do, like a good Star Trek series, they always find interesting things to subvert in meaningful ways. Mm. Very nice. 
Thank you. I, I, would I agree. referenced Star Trek and said something deep <laughs> at the same time. It's amazing. So with the Adams Family in media, I'm just going to go through the quick list and then we're going to continue on with what this means just in general um, for making an Adams Family property thing. I don't know. I keep saying thing and I don't mean to, but so Adam's family first started on TV in 1964. And then they moved into animation pretty quickly after that. So in 1972, they first appeared on an episode of the new Scooby-Doo movies, which is Scooby-Doo meets the Adams family. So they showed up on a, of course, Scooby-Doo had to be involved somehow. I don't know. Ghosts, macabre, Look, mystery. Scooby, Scooby just has uh, doors across the multiverse and links everything together. It's like Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. There are six degrees of the Scooby-Doo universe. Mm -hmm. And then Hanna-Barbera kept the Adams Family in animation in 1973, you get another series with some of the voice actors from the original 1964 TV series. And then in 1992, you get another Hanna-Barbera TV series. This is the one that I remembered um, being on TV with John Astin, who was Gomez in the original TV series. Um, but that 1992 series was greenlit because of the Adams Family movie starring Raul Julia in 1991 and Adams Family Values in 1993. So in 1991, they, that one did so well that they brought Adams Family back, sort of continuing the movie in animated form, but using the voice of Gomez from the original series. I so. mean, that was just what the early 90s were about. Batman movie, Batman animated show. Beetlejuice movie, Beetlejuice animated show. That's really true. Mm -hmm. And there have been some other less notable things like the Adams Family Reunion movie in 1998, which was meant to be a, a kickstart to a new TV show, which was the new Adams Family in 1998. Um, the Adams Family Reunion had Tim Curry as Gomez Adams, which works in theory. Yeah, I see what they're going for, but I disagree yeah. with the choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I think you're kind of on the right path, but like Tim Curry from 1988, probably, instead of Tim Curry in 1998. So That's my which of, of all these Adams Family things, it sounds like you have a love for a lot of them. Yes. I've seen a lot of them. I have seen a lot of them. Um, the I, I, I really enjoy The Addams Family. I think my favorites are the 90s films, Addams Family and Addams Family Values. Um, those are my favorite, I think, just because the acting in them, the moments in them are just so well done. You have Raul Julia is just remarkable in those Christina Ricci is like 
perfection as Wednesday Adams in those. Uh, they're just memorable in so many ways. Um, but it, they're just stylistically different. The music by Mark Shaman is wonderful. Like we just, after watching the new movie, I, we went back and we watched the original, well, the 1991 original quote, <laughs> <laughs> as I've just listed off this huge thing. And I was like, oh, this is my favorite musical cue. And just, I just love this moment. I mean, this is, I was somebody who danced the mamushka with a friend of mine in a parking lot in high school. That's, that's what I liked about the Adams family. We, we were trying to figure out if we could learn to juggle in time for the talent show. <laughs> so we could dance the mamushka with real like things to juggle. Uh, early nineties, Chris. We we opted to recreate a scene from the movie Clue instead. It's probably safer. I mean, in many ways, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Physically, dramaturgically. <laughs> so I, I enjoy the Adams Family very much. Like I said, I think that for me, 1991 Adams Family stands on a pedestal in terms of getting the family right. You know, the right sense of comedy, the right sense of macabre, but also being accessible storytelling. Yeah. Um, my husband loves the 90s movies a lot. Um, I think my only real experience of the Addams Family was because it was early 90s Cartoon Network, like I don't really remember, but it might have been a mix of both animated shows or just the 1992 one. Who knows? It's like they mixed all their Scooby-Doo's together. I don't know what Scooby-Doo goes in what time period. <laughs> um, I feel that way. I've probably seen both Adam's Family animated shows. Uh, and I know I saw the movies as a kid, but the animated ones really stuck with me. And that was really my experience until Esteban tried to uh, re-indoctrinate me into the Adams family love cult family gathering culture yeah culture I mean it's, it's those movies are so campy and have so many sarcastic <laughs> one-liners which is really like his bread and butter he loves those my favorite moment is just so off the beaten path it's just the he's watching Sally Jesse Raphael like Gomez is just watching him and she's talking about these vampires and then he just let's take a caller and it's hello Sally <laughs> it's like no Mr. Adams we don't know where they meet stop calling <laughs> it's just this really throwaway moment and he just hangs up angry <laughs> he's just so gregarious hello Sally like, Mr. Adams stop calling <laughs> It's just so remarkable. Um, I guess thematically, every successful version of the Adams Family has always known its characters. Mm. Like there's always these character moments that you're like, establish who that person is and is so true to them at the same time. You don't know who they are, but as soon as you see it, you're like, yeah, I honor this validity of Gomez. 
Yeah, that is a Gomez moment. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that is a Wednesday moment. That is a Morticia moment. Um, let me ask you a quick thing, because the way you can tell if you're watching the animated from the 70s version or if you're watching the 90s version is what Gomez is wearing. I don't remember. If Well, I'm letting our listeners know. If Gomez is wearing just a plain blue suit, that is um, from the 70s. If he's wearing a purple, mauve kind of striped suit where they could do stripes in animation and had the time to do that, you're watching the 1992 version. Uh, that's a fair assessment. I would have gone with a Beetlejuice knockoff suit, but uh, that's probably an actual good monetary reason to do the stripes too. <laughs> so, um, well, with that being said, I, I like that you were talking about character first. So Adam's family, let, if we could talk a little bit about what would be the ingredients, um, character would be number one, I would think. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. The characters, everything in the Adams family is built around the characters. And I think that's originates from the cartoons, it sounds like. the I mean, the actual newspaper cartoons, not the cartoon shows. <laughs> <laughs> Where you have just one panel to like show a weird character moment. Mm-hmm. And not a story, just a moment, a reaction to something. And I think because they were single panel, not even, you know, three panel storytelling. It's always been the hardest part of Adam's family, including for the musical that came out in 2010, is finding the story. What is the story for these characters? Because Charles Adams did not give story. He gave moments and characters and that's it. Mm-hmm. freeze frames <laughs> and in a 60s live action TV show story isn't a problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't really need story not for like the show as a whole each episode I'm sure had a story but uh, 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 had, had a plot <laughs> oh, oh. ish I feel like we need to do a whole episode at some point about plot versus story and why one's yeah, a dirty pro- word. Probably. Probably. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for another time. But um, yeah, I think character wise, that's what you have to get right first. I think you could forgive a lot of story things as long as the characters are right. And if you give them the right thing. Um, you were talking when we were discussing things um, before, you were saying something about the kind of story that might get told or that we notice that's similar through several incarnations. Could you say a little bit about that? Yeah, I think a lot of the the, the one story that is very conducive to the Adams family world as a whole is basically like, how do these people interface with the rest of the normal world as we know it. Mm-hmm. And that is like the story there writes itself. There's an intrusion. They meet someone normal. They try to adjust this normal person or vice versa. And at the end, um, I mean, it's a comedy. So ultimately they learn to live together. 
Like that's the Adams family plot. Um, and this new 2019 animated movie, I think, um, does new interesting things that are unexpected without retreading that plot that so many iterations have done before where, and that's what I really enjoy about this new movie. It's not like, look at these kooky people invading the neighborhood. They're so new and different. Uh, mm. I mean, it's basically that, but it's the Adams perspective on that. Look at these crazy New Jerseyans moving into our neighborhood where we've lived for 13 years. They're so crazy. Let's try to meet these strange foreign New Jerseyans and tell them how to behave. Hmm. Yeah, it, it does flip that on its head. Um, I did. I don't want to get into spoiler territory for a little bit. Um, what story were you expecting when you were watching, let's say, a trailer? And in, in you know, in our lives as people who have a podcast about animation, we see a lot of animated movies, so we see a lot of animated trailers. So. <laughs> When we've been watching these movies and watching these trailers for The Addams Family since last year, what story were, did you think that you were going to be getting from this? I'm only laughing, crying in the background a little bit, because before this, we're also talking about how the actual trailer for The Rise of Skywalker is about to come out like a month and a half before the movie. And it's so strange to think about The Addams Family trailers being around for a year um but yeah these trailers everyone's been indoctrinated with this point show a kooky family that kind of is strange and there's like a little hint of like the perfect hairspray east coast mom showing up and then sometimes so it's going to be some kind of crazy family for internal conflict and you expect them to meet this normal character um, and for her to be scared and slowly adapt them. That's kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. And I was a little bit disappointed by how cookie cutter that the trailer, the story that was promised by the trailer. Yeah. Could have and been. It, it doesn't help. And I think this is also, as someone who sees a lot of animation, this is a bias that I always strive hard to overcome. I strive so hard to overcome. <laughs> but the budget for the movie was really cheap for an animated movie. It was like $25 million or something like that. Hmm. It was dirt cheap. Um, and so when you have an animated movie trailer with animation that is... It's not bad animation. It's just kind of... Um, the New Jersey characters look kind of a uh, generic, like they're from an animated movie, like five years ago kind of way. Sure. Um, and it's from a studio that isn't really as known for animation. You kind of expect like, all right, they're kind of, they're figuring it out. Uh, maybe check back in on this in a little bit. Uh, but in reality, we shouldn't judge animated movie based on how it looks necessarily. And it's budget. <laughs> and it's budget. And uh, this movie proves that. So I'll say this for me, the, the first time they revealed, I can't remember how long ago it was when they re revealed a still from the movie or a still of all the characters sitting there 
in their living room, which is an iconic Adams pose, Morticia sitting and the family standing around her various things. Um, When they first revealed that, I was like, yes, I'm ready for that movie. That's the movie that I want to see because they went back to the original Charles Adams drawings, especially for Gomez, and tried to emulate that, but in a more appealing, softer-edged way. So in many ways, this is like if they, let's imagine that the 90s movies never happened. I would not want to live in that world, but let's let's imagine that the 90s movies never happened. It's like you were taking what they sort of were trying to do in the 90s, but then aging it down to like seven, eight-year-olds to 15-year-olds and sprinkling in some adult jokes, as opposed to what the 90s did, which is go go back and then age it way up, Mm -hmm. you know, age it for folks who are 18 to whatever. That's a fair assessment. So if you're, if you are somebody who loves the Adams family and have younger kids and you don't want them to watch the 1991 version, even though you love it, This would be a way to get some of those same vibes, but also have it be for a younger audience. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. It's safe and uh, still, I think, a good movie for kids without uh, being boring to adults either. I think there were more adult laughs in the theater than audible kid laughs. And it's not that any of the jokes go over kids' heads or are inappropriate either. It's just so many of the great one-liners in this film are delivered so quickly and they Mm -hmm. require a little bit of thought that like as an adult you get it, but as a kid you might not get it for a minute. And none of those, I repeat, none of those are in the trailer for the film. Right. The trailer for the film is all slapstick and craziness and absurdity and things that in the movie land so much better. Like I was not interested in Ichabod the tree throwing Wednesday and Pugsley around, but it's a, it's so much, act so much better done and i don't know if it's because of timing um and edits but i feel like the trailer does a great disservice to people wanting to see this movie i agree i think that you had an insightful comment when we were preparing for this episode about um physical acting in the trailer yeah i i think and this this is generally happens with the smaller studios, um, lower budget, uh, it tends to be an acting choice where movement equals acting. 
So your character's moving, they're acting. So every single line that they say, every single moment, there's a movement that goes along with it. There's no stillness. And Adam's family is all about stoic and not moving and subtlety and, you know, and then so that way you could have the crazy explosions where you don't expect. But mostly it's moments of stillness and quiet. And there was this moment in the trailer where Gomez is getting a vice put on his head and he shouts like, "Is are you really sure that's as tight as you can make it? And this whole time he's moving and getting it pulled and pushed on him. I'm like, come on. He really shouldn't be doing that. Like it, it should be delivered in a different way. Then when we actually saw the movie, that moment is completely different in the real movie. And the real movie, it's a close-up of him and he's struggling and it's subtle acting. And he says, is that really as tight as you can make it? And then she tightens it and he has his big reaction. So I think the trailer is trying to make things into this generic animated movie number 72 Mm-hmm. style to get kids to see it when if they showed the adults what was in there and gave it style and the character that's actually in the movie like that's who you have to convince you have to convince mm-hmm. the parents who love Adam's family to see to take their kids to it this is not YouTube parents have the decision making process power here <laughs> right and there, there are a couple of uh, people that I know, parents that I know, um, who have told me that they don't want to take their kids. They're like, no, we saw the trailer. We're not taking them. They're like, we love Adam's family, but we're not taking them to see this. Oh, and little do they know, this is so pure Adam's family. Like, of all the list of Adam's family things you've provided earlier in this episode, granted, I haven't seen many of them, but I probably put this below the 90s movies, but above everything else. Yeah, and not far below either. For yeah. me, for me, it's like these almost rose to that level. Like the voice acting is great. Oscar Isaac is terrific, and mm-hmm. um, Alyssa Janney is a great murder suburban mom. She's done this oh, many times. She was great in it. I can't love wait Allison. To... She is so dangerous. I was like, this character is going to be so bad. <laughs> it was so great. Um, I mean, and that's that's the other thing is, and I think we may be going into spoilers a little bit, so we'll give the spoilers warning. Spoiler warning. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> um, I, I was just thinking through how there are two themes that are usually in Adam's family movies, which tilted on their heads. And one of them is the normal person is the bad guy. And they've done that in the nineties, you know, the normal person is the bad guy. Um, but instead of defeating them, it realized, no, you're one of us. You know, you, you, they bring them into the family. Like mm-hmm. you were, you were stranger than you realize and you actually have dark stuff and we accept you for who you are. So come on and be a member of the family. But then there's also the side of, we're the Adams family, but this is the way we do things. And so even within their family, their two kids 
are finding new ways to express themselves, to be individuals in this family of, quote, strange and different people. They're different from society, but they're their whole world is the same within their world. And then their kids are reacting against that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I loved and it. it. It's, it's like, Oh, they're, that's so different. We never get that. You know, we have that slightly in the musical, but it, we don't, haven't really gotten that kind of a change. I, I don't think that anyone uh, would ever say that Pugsley is not the weak link in any iteration of the Adams family. <laughs> and I feel like in many ways, this animated movie, uh, since we're in the spoiler zone, tried to really ducktails the entire thing. They looked at the history of Adams family, really dug in deep into that world and pulled things out, even from the comics. I think the lion is from the comics, the pet lion. Yes. And, um, and never been the, anything else. It was in the 1960s, but as just a roar. Oh, Okay. Uh, I don't count but that. That doesn't count, but I yeah. mean, yeah. Uh, so they dig out things deep in the lore of the Adams family, and then they figure out the things that don't work about the characters, and they make it work. Pugsley is one of the driving factors of this movie. Pugsley has never <laughs> been the the central focus of anything Adams family because he's just the object of Wednesday's murderous tendencies. Right. And here he's trying to like be different, like you said. Well, he's he's not good at what he's expected to be good at. He can't perform the Adam's Mazurka with a sword. That's not what he can do. He handles explosives and bombs. That's what he is. I feel weird talking and saying these things. That's what he's good at. That's his passion, and, and he. Well, like as someone who follows Adam's family, I think that he's had like explosives in other iterations before, but I didn't realize like how that's not the old country. That's not traditional. No, it's not traditional. But he does come in and save his family. And there's there are so many great Wednesday moments. And Wednesday is usually a thing where you see her. Um reacting against the world and scaring the people in the world. But in this one, she was scaring her parents. Mm -hmm. And here's a, she's wearing a unicorn barrette. And (laughs) which is, and they play this great music cue. I mean, it's just really, really well done. Um, And I think that's what they tried to do that in the 2010 musical, the Anne's Family musical is, Adam uh, Wednesday falls in love and comes home and is different and they have to accept her as being different and audiences kind of reacted a little bit against it. And the critics reacted against it. They're like, you changed Wednesday. And I think that Wednesday's transformation has to come from a Wednesday reason. Yes. And that's exactly what happened rather than a, disdain for normal girlhood. She has a morbid fascination with how cruel middle school girls are to each other. And she gets indoctrinated into this life of like going to the mall and being sassy to each other. And I'm here for it. She doesn't change (laughs) herself. She sees more of herself in this world and wants to go to junior high. (laughs) 
I, I just appreciate that they've left. It's not that. I think that's that character change. Like a character is acting out of character to make your plot happen, mm -hmm. to breed drama. In the musical, to, you mean? Right, in the musical. Mm. You have to, it's like, well, we have to have some conflict and let's have a conflict of here's the normal family versus this. And it's like, that's not where the drama is. The drama, you can pit the Adams family characters against each other because they make a choice in character. You don't have mm -hmm. to change them. Like in, in the 1990s films, it all centered around Fester making his decision. And, you know, Fester wanting to have love just like uh, Morticia and Gomez do, and that, which is a really Fester thing. You know, I want to be like you guys and trying to do the right things, but still being Fester and not changing, but like being changed by somebody else and somebody else's influence. And haven't we all sort of been there and at some way, like trying to change, but not being able to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I just really appreciated that they didn't in the, in the 2019 film, it felt like the characters react were reacting as their characters would. Definitely. It was modernized in a way that didn't betray the source material and showed great affection for it by adding mm -hmm. new depth. Right. Now, here's one question. The movie opens with a flashback and sort of tries to become an origin story for the Adams family to probably help people who have no idea about the Adams family. But what did you think of that opening and what it added to Adams family lore? Or what did it do for you? I didn't mind how it mostly behaved. I liked that we saw Morticia and Gomez getting married. I really enjoyed that. Um, I didn't mind how they met Lurch or how they found their house in New Jersey and like where they went to. Um, I didn't mind the establishing of normal for them, which is running from mobs of angry local people. Um, I thought that served the movie later and is a great addition to like this confronting the normal plot that Adam's family has. The main question that I left with was that if everyone there was a member of the Adams family already, aren't Morticia and Gomez both an Adams before they get married? Uh, <laughs> I don't that's my only dramaturgical question. I let it go. I was like, I, this isn't what they're trying to prove. It's just a, a, a weird byproduct of uh, <laughs> what was happening here. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> what I wondered about, because you're right, in one way, it's very necessary to draw the juxtaposition between being chased out by mobs and being chased out by a mob later on in the film and the change they leave um, in the, in the opening, they leave and have to find a new place to live in the end. The people in the mob are changed and realize 
one of the best lines I think is they're just a family. Yeah. That's, that's the, Hey, they said the name of the show. Like that's, (laughs) (laughs) they said the moral of the story. Oh, they're just a family. Like, yes, yes. You extra woman wife character in the background. Trudy with the toilet problem or whatever her name was. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They're just a family. That's the whole thing. It's the Adams family. They're a family of people. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, they have different things that that happen in their home. (laughs) You know, they have different feelings on roses than most of us, but in the end, it's family. Well, I found myself as watching the movie thinking a lot about um, Chris Nee's Vampirina mm. and how Vampirina, I think, owes so much to Adam's family, but also this iteration of the Adam's family owes so much to Vampirina. Hmm. Can you say a little bit more about that? I mean, they're both kind of the same idea of like this monster family moving into like suburban America in some way. And mm-hmm. uh, dealing with their neighbors and the themes that come along with that. Um, and they both feel like modernizations of the Adams family. Well, I would argue, because even back in the 60s, you had Adams family and you had the Munsters. Mm-hmm. I feel like Vampirina is the <laughs> 2010s Munsters. Yes, I I see where you're going for, and I also agree with that. But I I don't know if the monsters and the Adams family are this might be blasphemy different enough. One is a family of monsters, <laughs> and one is a family of people who like the macabre. But thematically, thematically they're basically the same. <laughs> but what are literal monsters? I always thought that Lurch was a Frankenstein. I didn't realize. uh, No, he's just an insane person. Yeah, didn't get that. I always thought he was a Frankenstein. No, he's he's a lunatic. He's an escaped mental patient. This is the first from the comics. From the comics, he's like an escaped mental mental patient. Not having read the comics, I got to say, Adam's Family 2019. It's the first time went. Oh, he's just a lunatic. (gasps) He's just a lunatic. Which, yeah, also something that's different. And I don't know why they chose this. And I didn't notice this while I was watching it. I just, I watched a video last night of 25 things you missed in the Adams Family or whatever. But um, Thing for the first time is left-handed. It's a left-hand thing. I mean, I think that was the origin of a lot of jokes in the movie, so I think they made that left-hand choice consciously. Consciously? Consciously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I liked all of the core character changes and world building they did. Um, I thought they all built on their existing characters. I love that Gomez loved his kids in this one. Like, in addition to loving his wife, he loved his whole family deeply. Mm-hmm. And I love that Morticia... <laughs> had a rebellious youth where she had like the short hair and the the screw on like early 2000s goth boots loved it <laughs> and that she was putting the ashes of her parents on as oh man i was cracking up like two seconds into the movie and <laughs> i mean we saw 
There was no one in the movie theater, but we saw on a weeknight, late at night, at a theater that doesn't allow kids after a certain time. <laughs> so that's not a slight on people seeing the movie. That's just the audience I chose to see it with. But it was basically just me cracking up and Esteban like shooting me some looks. <laughs> I think there's the the thing that helped cement that um, that opening are is the lovely transition from here's the opening and then here are these family portraits going through where it shows and part of me is like did we need that beginning I was like I feel like we do but but I, I just enjoyed that the the portraits like mm-hmm. could any of that beginning have been told in portraits you know can you have mm-hmm. a portrait of them running from a mob like what would that have looked like as like here's a portrait of that happening here's the portrait of Morticia like could you have gotten some of that feeling and I know it's it's just a question that I'm throwing out there I don't think it would I'm just I just enjoyed that so much to see. It, it reminds me a little bit of um, the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland or Walt mm. Disney World, where it's the, especially in the stretching room, where you see one picture and then it stretches out and you see, oh no, that guy's actually sitting on a tombstone or the, it's three people and it's they're standing in quicksand or something. But I was just wondering, portraits to me are just a really fun way to show something unexpected. Mm-hmm. How could just, they have? How could they have used that a little bit more to maybe integrate some of that story into the the portraits? And there was some good storytelling and character moments that you start to see as new characters get added to the family getting bigger. So, but I enjoyed that part. I'm just asking a question. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I like the core of what the opening scene did. I think maybe it went on a little bit too long and I would have, for me, I would have cut out like the whole moving into the house part and done that in portrait somehow. Um, I like this movie. I don't think it's a perfect movie, uh, but I really like it. And I'm excited to see how they grow this world and story in the already greenlit sequel in 2021 right? Uh, <laughs> and build on the story that they've already told at this point. Like how can they make this even tighter in the next movie? <clears throat> right. I agree. Cause now you don't have to do origin. You could actually do something else. I almost kind of hope that they skip ahead in time again. Cause I want to see, teenage or adult Wednesday because no one's ever done that except in the Adams Family musical oh my bad sorry 2010 because she gets engaged I didn't go to New York to see the musical I haven't either (laughs) I've just I just heard the Broadway cast album because it's Nathan Lane as Gomez oh okay that's a good choice right um Fester got a Tony award I think also, they had an octopus in it, just like the octopus. Is that from the comics? It is. Okay. It is. I will say my one 
character gripe was just all of the sidekick characters. Like, do they need a tree and a lion and an octopus? <laughs> I like them all, but I feel like the role it, of all three could have been played by a giant squid. It did feel a lot like 1990s Disney films. <laughs> and you get a sidekick, and you get a sidekick, and you get a sidekick. Yeah. But it seems like they're all from previous Adam's property, so I see where they come from. They didn't invent anything new. They just wanted to show love to the deep lore. Right. Right. Good for them. They dug up a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and double uh, for things again. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do things. Okay. <laughs> so, Chris, tell me what you had. Um, we've talked about a lot of things we love. What did you have issues with in the movie? Hmm. I think for me, most of it was timing. Uh, I think for me, it was, I felt like, like you said, the opening went on a little too long. I felt like certain moments didn't happen as clear as they could have been told. I feel like, I, I just feel like it was timing of when things happened. Once they got to the, um, the end, it felt super rushed. I just feel like there were certain things that were given too much time to, to exist. And then there were moments that just went by way too fast. Hmm. I think they did, for example, they, they lingered pretty hard on the, the frog thing, which is, you know, a showpiece moment. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to spend your time animate, reanimating frogs. You're going <laughs> to hang out there for some time. It's very Looney Tunes. And I didn't mind that. I liked no, it. I didn't. Um, there was this, the, the one moment that I thought was really, really well done is just the, the times where Morticia is catching, um, Wednesday with each new iteration, you know, now she has the barrette, now she's doing this. And then at the same time, the other mother is finding um, her daughter dressing up in darker clothes. And I just, I thought that those juxtapositions were done really well. I think for me, it was just, there were some gags. What scene was it? It was the scene where Wednesday is shooting the crossbow and they're having this conversation and hitting Fester in different ways. And it was like, this is timed really, really well. Mm -hmm. Like, I really like this. Like, this is, this is the timing that I've been missing in other parts. It was just the right stillness, linger on a moment, hit it, instead of things just lasting. Yeah. So... I, th I think it's that. it's all timing for me. I don't I didn't have any problem with the story beats or the reveals. I think it was all how long we spent on things. Just like how I'm spending a long time talking about timing. <laughs> but you're not trying to be funny. Right. <laughs> or were you? Was I? I don't know. I'm not aware. Anymore. I'm self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
Um, I would agree with that. I think that um, I feel like a lot of this movie grew out of making character moments. They tried to find the story as they're working on those funny moments and choosing what worked best. And that's Mm -hmm. not a criticism. That's certainly one way to develop an animated movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It worked, I think, like a lot of things. It it felt like almost it was pitched as a season of television and then made into a movie instead. Uh, Because I think a lot more people are aiming to be TV these days. Hmm. That's where you can tell a real story. You know, it's not truncated. (laughs) A real eight-hour story. Right. I don't Hmm. know. Uh, But it it had that lingering to me. It it felt like almost... It was a season-long arc condensed into an hour-and-a-half movie. And a pilot episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big world. They had lots of uh, interesting background atoms. Mm-hmm. Which is also a fun thing that you have to have in the Adams Family movies is you get to see how large the Adams Family is and they have strange traditions that come from the old country where it's never quite told which old country it is. Mm-hmm. Until this movie, you get a little bit about where the old country is. I kind of wish that the old country wasn't like vaguely 1800s Eastern Europe mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they jumped to like 2019 New Jersey. I almost wanted the old country to be just like, I don't know, the suburbs of DC and then they moved to New Jersey. Cause I wanted more <laughs> of a contrast of modern technology and the Adams family versus before they had kids and what life was like, as opposed to just this vague idea of like mobs and monsters in Eastern Europe. Cause I love the integration of technology. I thought that it was so smartly done mm-hmm. in this movie. I agree. The cell phone bits, um, living in the Bay area, people here are definitely obsessed with next door. And I love the, uh, knockoff next door family surveillance chat board thing. <laughs> That's so on brand. No one has put that in a movie yet. I was thrilled to see people making fun of this thing. So much so that it even had, you know, torches that they could hold up in the air like that. On their phones. Oh, it's like, oh, we're going into mob. You know, turn your phone to mob mode. I was like, yes, a movie that's not afraid of cell phones. (laughs) So often I feel movies try to work around technology especially when they're rebooting or redoing something and this one was not afraid to just bring the adams family into 2019 well it's hard too because you don't want to date yourself you want it to feel timeless and if you put too much of the now technology in five years will you have to explain what that technology is I'm like i don't think so but it was it was general enough and not branded enough, you know, in animation, it could be a little bit heightened. And I Mm -hmm. think that heightened nature of it will allow it to last a little longer. Yeah. I think we'll always have some kind of personal tiny computer device that lives on our person from now on, whatever that means. We're going to have that. Right. Right. And we're always going to use technology to create fake news and rumors and cyberbullying about the people around us. See optimist and pessimist right there together. Yay. <laughs> I feel like 
That's the best way to talk about the end of 2019. <laughs> Thank you, Adam's family. <laughs> I can't snap as well as Chris does, but I tried. Uh, you did. I, I appreciated it. I'll give you two snaps for that. Ooh. I feel like that's something else. Oh, my gosh. Is that an in, loving, in living color thing? Anyway. Is there anything else uh, that we should talk about with the Adams Family 2019? I don't think so. I think for those of you who love Adams Family and are not sure about this movie because of watching a trailer, go. Go see the movie. Yeah. I hope you were sold before we got to the spoiler zone. Um, right. But <laughs> if you're still listening and haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. So, um, Mackenzie, what was your favorite thing? I feel like there's so many good, witty one-liner moments. Um, I've narrowed it down to two, so I have two favorite witty one-liners. Okay. And I think that the first one that really caught me off guard early in the movie is at this point in the movie, they've established the poltergeist in the house that screams, get out. And they move to the future. And the first thing is Morticia opening the windows and the house screaming, get out and trying to cut off her fingers. And she goes, ah, you're always so grumpy before you've had your morning coffee. And dramaturgically, you think like, why is she saying that to a house? And then she flushes some coffee down the toilet. like oh well you answered my question immediately and that makes sense i get it (laughs) the house had its coffee (laughs) and second is a moment you've already referenced earlier when wednesday comes home with the barrette oh and morticia sees and goes i do love a horse with a spear through its head talking about the unicorn on her barrette (laughs) that whole scene i think that's my favorite favorite thing is that whole scene of that reveal she turns her head and Wednesday knows that it's a that it's a thing that's going to bother her mother <laughs> yes and it's just and it's just the design on it too it's just so anti they 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 framed it really well they you know the colors and everything just hit really nicely yeah without being exaggerated it looks like it could be a real object but right. it still is done so well. I would put that on my backpack. <laughs> if, if that was made in pin form, I would put that. I don't have a backpack. I have a shoulder bag. So I'd put it on my shoulder bag. There you go. So, yeah. Oh, spear through its head. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we talk about homework time? Let's. For next time, uh, if you haven't yet already, uh, try to watch Primal, the new five-episode miniseries on Adult Swim from Gendy Tudakovsky. Um, and uh, this is a podcast uh, for all audiences. Keep in mind, you might not want to watch this one with your kids due to violence reasons. That's a different one than we normally get to. Um, <laughs> but check that out and uh, watch some other Gendy stuff if you have a chance. Uh, the... Uh, animated Clone Wars shorts being a good example. Yes. 
As always, thank you to Nigel Kutinov, our audio engineer, for our audio editing and all the great work that he does. And thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music. You can find all of our um, show notes on writersgetanimated.podbean.com. And you can find us on Twitter to tell us what you think about the Adams Family, at WG Animated. Yes, you can. I feel like there's a, a good, sassy Adams Family goodnight thing, but I can't think of one. Good. Oh. <laughs> good night thing.